0: Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me takes hundreds of hours to create. If you get any value out of the work I do or it helps your life, consider a monthly donation. Even something as small as a cup of coffee helps me keep recording. To donate, please visit HelpMeBeMe.com or visit my page on Patreon. Thanks! Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is episode 71. Yay, so this is all about creating your worth. How to ask for a raise and interview with the best, in my opinion, the best possible outcome. So, this is kind of a second half to the last episode, which is all about bettering your outward-facing self. And getting, growing your confidence and getting more of what you want and deserve. So this is all about the asking for money and asking for title part of that so just a heads up this is based on me and my experience and i don't want to push you to do something that would jeopardize your livelihood so don't take this as like blanket rules because my industry experience might not apply to you i'm I'm talking to you like you're myself pretty much and your path very much is in your hands a lot more than you might feel like it is. Even if you are well appreciated by those you work with, it's in their best interest to keep you at the price that they are comfortable with. No one's gonna say, you know you're a gem, here's more money because I like you. And If they do, it's rare, it's awesome, and it's great that they are that way and you should appreciate that fact because at most companies it doesn't happen without a bit of pitching yourself and some bargaining. So even if somebody does appreciate the work you do and they know how valuable you are they're not likely going to give you more unless you ask and demonstrate in front of them why the best answer to their problems is giving you exactly what you're asking so this isn't tailored to any industry in particular um, so do some practical research on your particular field, including the financial climate so try to feel out what what they're, you know, how profitable they are, how comfortable they are financially, is this a good time, um, based on what's happening, and try to feel out what your value is in your industry. So are you specialized? Are you hard to replace? Um, and I would also just as a rule, be open to hearing and from other people, how you are perceived. So be open to knowing if people don't like the way you are in meetings, for example, or if your boss just has a thing against people with curly hair, whatever it is. It's also really important to examine the baggage of other people because there are a lot of narcissists who happen to be managers and there are also a lot of managers that are threatened because they're fearful. So if this is true, you might have to operate with a different set of sensitivities. You might be an incredibly valuable, important asset, and be literally keeping your company afloat. But if you have an idiot for a boss, they could react to you asking for what you deserve by shooting themselves in the foot. So think of this situation from as many other perspectives as possible. It sounds cold, but ask questions like, are you cheaper to keep than to lose? Is your company thriving? Can they afford more based on what you know they're making? Are you well appreciated and are you in good standing socially and also just based on work reputation? So just be very thorough in the type of research you do before you go and knock on that door. And whatever you do, don't let anger and resent motivate anything because that's when you don't have your advantage anymore. That's when decisions come from the wrong places and they're not tactical. So meaning you will get less of what you want if you let Things like anger and being fed up with something guide the way you handle situations. So this episode's structured a little differently than the other ones. Um, it's got three parts, but the part one is about grooming yourself as a valuable asset and basically creating more value in yourself as a professional or as a person in general, but mostly as a, a brand, I would say. And... Um, Also ways of showing others your value. Part two is about how to ask for a raise in the most kind of hard to argue with and amicable fashion. And how to make it easy for your boss to give you what you want versus unintentionally souring the relationship. And then part three is about how to go into a new job opportunity, um, an interview, and just some like tips, I guess, to portraying yourself in the best light. Are you ready? Okay, let's do this. Part one, ways of being. So this is all about thinking of yourself as an object of value that increases with context. You can enhance and craft that story and create new value from scratch. You don't have to have the Ivy League name or like a thousand popular companies. You just have to look at yourself as a valuable commodity that you can grow and foster with each move you make, including social occasions and events and any kind of extracurricular activity. So your hobbies even are a possible asset in your job hunts. So I also want you to begin to think of yourself as uh, an object of value that's always increasing that value if you look at situations and environments that way. So looking, look at everything in your life as an opportunity to Invest more in yourself and your story like you, your actual history as a person in all facets is adds up to your value as a hire. So you're constantly enhancing that investment by the way that you share your life with the world. There are a lot of people out there who are not more qualified than you are, but they happen to have a lot of skill in how they shape their self on paper. So much is about the platter you serve the meal on. Never forget that. So as a general rule, always choose the better story when it comes to how you're presenting yourself and your life. I know, at least it used to be for me, the instinct was to sometimes be overly honest or self-effacing or humble in the way that you reported your, the decisions you've made. So I would say always tell the more empowered story always choose to tint things in the light that is, looks bet, better for your path, the path you are describing to someone else. When you tell people something in a way that is too brutally honest or doesn't highlight the positive, you are asking them to care about that fact. You're asking them to be worried or have to think about the irrelevant details. So by not shining your story up, you make a stranger have to work harder to interpret who you are. So all of this comes down to who you are as a person now and if you are a match for that job. So the point is eliminate as much as the dis- of the distractions from why you are qualified as possible. So here are some specific ways of being. Number one, I think I have seven. Number one, think like a resume. Curate the image you portray. So what do the little swatches add up to? For example, an extracurricular might say to somebody, they're passionate and they're driven and they're constantly trying new things. But those extracurriculars should be combined in the right way. For example, I used to have a resume that said I did both jobs in a partnership because I did but that was not something that people wanted to hear because it was not the job that they were trying to hire for they wanted they wanted to see someone that was one or the other and i was really stubborn about it but eventually i had to choose what was the title i wanted most to represent myself so if you are a jack of all trades creative type in a lot of cases you get to choose your title and area of expertise based on what it is you like to do most and what you would want to do more of in your life. So thinking in that vein, like what do I want to do more of in my life? What is what 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 do I want to head toward as my title? Think of your life in this way. What else can you add to that story? So think of your social life in this way. What is a person that does what I want to do have in their social life? What are the venues they attend? What are the functions they go to? What are, where do they vacation and what do they do on those vacation, vacations? So, I mean, enhance yourself and the habits you have, including, like, what does your Instagram look like? If you're a creative person, your Instagram should look pretty exciting. Um, have actual enriching experiences and share those publicly. Make it clear, like, you can use all of these facets of your life as a very uh subversive way to advertise what it is you're great at. It's more it's more real estate to prove to others who are strangers that you are exactly what you say you are. So use them. You want to use all of those speakerphones, so to speak, as references, as points of contact, so that people can paint a picture. The kind of picture you want to portray easily it's like it makes it a no-brainer when people can see who you are from afar then they can more easily hire you not to mention your life you think in this way is always increasing in value just as an individual you will have more experiences that in enrich your your breadth as a human you'll find yourself bringing more to the table in your relationships and in your chosen field, if you just do more interesting things. Because sometimes it's easy to just get into a habit of doing nothing or doing the same thing. And if you just, as an ethic, constantly push yourself to go outside of the bounds of what you're used to, you will grow in every single direction you want to grow in. Number two, Google yourself. So this applies to more than just Googling yourself and seeing what comes up. But this is a thing for you to do It's what everybody does already when they meet a new person. If you're going to go on a first date, you're going to Google that person. If you're applying for a new job, you're going to Google, they're going to Google you and you're going to Google them. So this might not pertain to everybody. I assume it does because everybody's on the internet now. But if you're in a career that involves people who will Google you, your job is to control the outcome or the subhead as much as possible by populating that search with the things that shine on the more positive parts of yourself. Like you want that to reveal your story, the story you have created. For example, have a LinkedIn with lots of other links to things that represent you and people you wanna be associated with. If someone is looking to hire you, they're gonna Google you and they're gonna see all of your content plus all of the linked content. So your name, will tell them a story, and it should be the one you want to tell. And if you're not showing up at all, it doesn't matter as much, but it seems like it devalues you, you as an individual. If you have nothing out there, it's almost like, wow, this person isn't really involved in culture. Like, if you have no connection points, it's a little bit, I would say, adds a question mark to somebody that's meeting you as a stranger. So this is just what I believe you should do, but have a public Facebook account that you curate specifically for the public, an Instagram, a Twitter account, and any other site that creates a snapshot of who you are. And in this case, you are the ideal employee for XYZ. I think social media accounts are just another form of a resume. And so they can help you if you fill in the blanks for somebody with who you are and why you are quality. So if you want to steer your path, curate the additions you want to make. So for example, if you want to go into a new field, like let's say you want to get into uh, design, you want to be more involved in you know, interior design work or something like that, make sure everything on your Instagram has beautiful interior design things. So if you're starting from scratch, just start one by one adding social media accounts and populating them with anything that presents your you know, like your presidential self, you're a candidate, you're running for this job and you should add the links, the tags, the random little awards and the company involvements that make you look better or more ideal in your field. Like you want to look popular in your field to somebody else. And that means like you can start a track record from nothing. Like if it's if you're segueing from a totally different industry, it all starts by proving it with what you create yourself. So, get a Squarespace website. I recommend them. I am not paid by them. I use Squarespace. I think it's awesome and just start to build it from there. Like evolve it and don't be afraid to share things before they're ready. Like people will you'll get more feedback sooner and it will reveal to you your a stronger and stronger voice. It's really helpful. To learn as you go. Because otherwise it's like never going to happen. You're just going to be hiding this thing that's not ready forever. There's never a time when it's right. It's just you just have to start. To start somewhere and put. To start putting stuff out there. Getting feedback. Number three. Be in the habit of meeting people. And that just means be nice to people. Start up conversations with people. Go to functions. Like if you're on the fence about going out just go. You have no idea what random professional connection will arise down the line. And don't write off anybody. Just be in the habit of talking to people, making conversation, being open, and describing to others what you do best and what you're passionate about. Be nice to everybody. Never be rude to anybody because you have no idea where you are going to cross paths to that person again. It does not help to burn any bridge any, anywhere at all, but especially not with strangers. Just converse at all dinner parties and social functions about who you are, be proud of that person, as though it was a potential job opportunity. I find that most of the people I hire and also the people I have worked with or people have hired me have been through social channels. So be talked about and talk about your most exciting projects in the most uh, enthusiastic fashion possible. Be memorable. Like, I think it's helpful to be excited about something at all times. And that thing should reflect some facet of you that is something you want to grow. If you are asked to interview for something, go to the interview. Get as many job connections as possible. Interview as as often as possible. Even if you're not ready to take that job or you don't really want that job entertain the new opportunity and do it just because you like to meet people and you want to have new connections. It's just about having contacts. You have no idea where people will move to in the future. So it's it's all about just knowing people, period. Number four, be in the habit of knowing your value, meaning just be in touch with what other companies are available to you and other jobs you could possibly do. Um, I think another benefit of interviewing often is just being able to find out what's out there, like what other opportunities there are, what other job descriptions there are, what are other companies doing, and also where else could you go if you, if you wanted to make a leap. And just having a constant sense of your value in the outside world outside of your company, I think is very, uh, it makes you a lot stronger. It'll shine through in your confidence. If you've been on, like, let's say you go on in one interview a month, it'll change the way you relate to people you work with because you'll have solid footing. And challenge yourself to look into new fields that possibly reward one facet of the part of you you want to grow. For example, when I started directing, I started interviewing at places that might invest in me doing more directing. And that was just a priority or something I enjoyed. So that was the reason to look into totally different businesses. Because that's, you know, you never know. If you're a people person, don't be afraid to look into jobs that just have that component. You get to work with a lot of interesting people. Okay, number five. You don't get if you don't ask. So this is basically just be in the habit of asking for more be in a habit of asking for promotions for a raise and I don't mean like every day I just mean like make that something that you do and even if you don't like having those conversations nobody does but every time something happens in your workplace that gives you um that spotlights you and how you're a quality uh asset use that moment to leverage use it to ask for the next level. It never hurts to ask. I don't mean like annoy people, but like you won't get far as far as fast unless you're constantly asking. Number six, invest in a good track record. And that means professionally and personally. Just be good with your word, be consistent with your word, and don't engage in unnecessary drama. I know it's one of those things that doesn't seem relevant in any given time, like whatever interpersonal problems you have at an any given company, but it's never a good idea to have drama with anybody. Don't burn bridges. Don't get into conflicts with coworkers. Always leave things on good terms. You will absolutely run into that person again one day and just assume that. Even if it doesn't happen, there's a strong likelihood it will happen. And it's pointless and it's not fun to have any bad blood with another human. So just keep your nose clean. Also, it's really important that you build. A history before you ask for a raise. So, if you're at a new job, build the right history that tells the right story to others around you, that you're well liked, that you are a positive asset, and then make sure that everyone is aware of the work you do. So, there's ways to make sure that you're updating people on the exciting things that have happened that have been thanks to you. Um, and make sure you're always, uh, able to be relied on. I feel like you have, if you set up a habit of being great and making things easier for people and you prove your worth, then when you do finally ask for a demand, it's, there's very little they can do to argue with you. So make sure your track record provides as little conflict for your superiors as possible. And that includes just other people liking you and you being nice to be around. Part two, asking for a raise or a promotion. So in general, you have the most leverage related to pay before you start the job. So if you know you're going to be happy at a certain amount, say that amount before you start the job. Don't hide it because... It should be something you're comfortable with and you will be comfortable with for the next few years, like at least for a year. So if you're afraid of doing that, um, it's harder to make a bigger leap year by year. So try and negotiate that up front if it's possible. If you are afraid to ask for a raise, let's say you are a very conservative person and you don't like to make power plays like asking for more money, join the club. Neither does anyone. It's super awkward and it's scary and it makes you feel unworthy immediately, but it's it's not personal. It's never a personal conversation. It's professional. And once you take your fears out of it, you will see that the person on the other end of the table is looking at this as a purely business exchange. It's not about that person and their money. It's their margins and it comes down to kind of an equation. So take your feelings out of it leave them outside of the office when you have this meeting if you know that you are motivated by fear and staying safe then i would encourage you especially to push yourself to ask for more because this style of being can cause you to professionally plateau so if you know you you just aren't the type of person that asks for raises be aware of that and then just try and push yourself or or lean into places where you are taking a little risk or you're pushing yourself to to ask for more, like try and just test yourself in other areas and know that this is an issue issue for you that you in particular have to get more comfortable with. So including unknown outcomes. If you are not comfortable with unknown outcomes, like try practicing with other things and embrace I don't know what's gonna happen, like in, in as many areas of your life as you can, just because I think You can train yourself out of being fearful and conservative. And I think when we live from that place, when we fear what others will think or do, or we're stuck in trying to figure that out, usually we talk ourselves out of trying things or asking for things. And we never get the things that are actually waiting for us. So it's usually when we talk ourselves into accepting less than what we know we deserve. And that's you hurting you. It's got nothing to do with any boss or... Anybody, and that is something that needs to change. If you know that's your pattern, be aware of that and start to train yourself to grow in that direction. So if you think you deserve a raise, then I think you should ask for it. And it's not about having necessarily a milestone. It's just if you feel it and you're getting unhappy and frustrated, bring it up. And don't wait around for somebody else to see you're frustrated or see that you deserve a reward because they're thinking about them. They're thinking about their life, their money, their what they have to do in a day. So it's, it's also not in, in their best interests to give people money. And unless they're, you know, great bosses and they know the, cl- the climate of their company and they are very committed to keeping good people... But that's pretty rare. I would say, like, really, really amazing bosses do that. But even then, it takes, like, usually going up to many rungs above them to get other people to agree with them. So, in general, just always be looking out for yourself. And if you don't ask, you don't get. I will just caveat that if you feel like your boss might be looking for a reason to let you go or the company's downsizing, then I would say don't push for a raise right now unless you have a viable backup. Know that you are the one who creates and shapes your own value in the eyes of others. And the way you start getting more value is by telling people you deserve it. If your company is maybe giving other people promotions and raises next to you and you feel resentful about that, know that that is not where your focus should be. Comparing yourself to others is not a healthy habit because there is no official answer to your value. Therefore, it's just, it's separate, has nothing to do with you. Don't let anger and resentment drive your decision making. You always want to come from an empowered place where you are the one using all the information to your advantage. You want to play your cards and not like get frustrated that you're losing the game. And yeah, people are biased, but it's changing. But it means if you're you know, a more passive introverted person, or you know that your workplace is biased in any way, you have to push a little bit harder and you have to prove yourself or at least state your case with a little bit more chutzpah, let's say. So I want you to grab a piece of paper and a pencil and you're going to begin to craft the speech you're going to give to this boss when you ask for a raise. And I want you to include the pauses and what position your body's going to be in, all of the random little anecdotes you're gonna talk about. I want you to pre-plan all of that. And I want you to also write in what you think your boss will say in response and craft what you will say in return. And I want you to account for all potential responses. So if the person says, I'm sorry, I have to uh, go. I have a meeting. I want you to have a response for that pre-decided. And then once you have that speech, I want you to rehearse it over and over and over. I want you to memorize it. I want you to say it to the mirror. I want you to say it at the volume you would say it. So even if your neighbors hear you talking to yourself, say it at the regular volume that this would take place. So these are some specific tips on crafting that speech or that conversation script and this is just based on what I would tell anybody that works under me or if I would tell my younger self this. So I want you to interpret it based on your industry. Um, but don't do this conversation over the phone and unless you have to have to. I feel like a really important part of this conversation is body language, eye contact, and being able to use all of those elements as a way to tell the other person where you are mentally. It's a very powerful tool to have. But do this in person. Don't text this. Don't email it. This is a conversation that's much better done in person because it's a lot easier to say no from the other side of the computer because you don't have to sit with the uncomfortable silence. Here we go. I think I have six-ish or seven maybe. Number one, anticipate their needs. So think of yourself. From your boss's side of the equation, this is a great way to prep yourself for the talk, but really get into their mindset. Think about what are their fears when you come in their office and you say, "Hey, can we talk?" What is going through their mind? What is helping them come out of that place of fear? Like they're probably rushing through like all the scenarios and like, "What is this going to mean for me? What is this going to cost me? What do I have uh, access to that will get me out of a situation if this person is quitting?" So. Figure out what they need, what they want most when you start this conversation. For example, they want to not have to disrupt business as usual. They want to not have to be like basically held at gunpoint for a shit ton of money. So think about all of those elements and know exactly what their needs are from the conversation. Number two, time it right. So timing is a huge part of this. It's really important in the way somebody sees you. It's also important in them understanding your value. So if you have just had a very big success, that's a great time. If it's very public, people congratulating you, that's a perfect time to have that conversation. But know the stakes based on the timing. Be aware of external factors as much as you can so know if things are maybe if they're really stressed out at home or if they have been worried about something really stressful related to the company. Maybe they might be um, trying to hire some new people. Is their mind not on you for a specific reason? Are they going to be annoyed? Are they going to have like a pre-built excuse for you based on other stuff? Also, don't do it on a Friday. Friday is like the day when all the judges say, you're guilty, I'm out. Because it's basically you have a reservoir of tolerance and rational thinking, and it runs out in the second half of the day. It's for everybody in the world, this is true. So on a Friday afternoon, you are something like 500 times more likely to go to jail if you're being heard in a criminal court. Don't quote me on that stat, but you get what I mean. Pick your timing right Pick a time when everything's going well, this person's relaxed, and you have a smile on your face. Number three, use whatever cards you have as an advantage. But so don't leave any of those out. I believe in thinking of these things as a card game, and you have to take as much risk as you possibly can while knowing you have a safety. So whatever you have in your hand, you want to play it. You want to play it right. You don't want to give them all away. You, want to, you don't want to use the same cards over and over again to the point where they're like, you're bluffing. You have to do this in a way that is not, A, not lying. Like you're not completely holding them hostage. And B, uses all of the points of truth that you possibly can that will leverage your position in this game. So like if you have a secret bonus card, you want to use it in this situation. So, that's just to give you the best advantage coming out of that conversation. Um, And that'll give you the most control in the outcome. So, that includes if you are willing to take a leap, if you're willing to move jobs, that gives you ultimate control. And you can't play that multiple times. Just save it for when it really counts. So, in other words, just don't bluff unless you are willing to make a move if your boss calls you on it. So, have other offers ready and have other job ops that you can call up as reference for why you are so valuable and if you have been you know passed over for a raise two times in a row that's a card if you have been um steadily successful as an employee there that's another card if you have like a number of hours you worked consecutively in like let's say a two-month period that's a card like have all that stuff ready and be able to recall it in like a really casual matter of fact way. Like, well, I did this and I, you know, worked a thousand hours last month and da 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 These are all reasons that it's obvious. Number four, always come from the positive. This is so, so important. But basically, you want to present this boss with the easiest path and best solution to everybody's problems. To their problems, to your problems. And that is to make you happy. It's just like if you have, you know, you're presenting five, five different roads to go. The easiest and best option, the best, happiest, most positive option should be for them to make you happy. And you want to lead with the fact that you will be happy. And all they have to do is give you this one thing. You want them to feel good about promoting you and giving you more money. So to do that, craft what you're going to say based on Everything coming from the positive. So the worst thing you can do is go into the conversation listing why this job sucks, why you've been uh, like treated badly, why you're unhappy, why you shouldn't be taking this, why this place is not up to snuff, etc. You have to explain why you are such a great asset, why you're, you're so valuable to them, and explain your reasoning based on why it would be only greater, only more good stuff them to give you a promotion so I really want to do more great things here I want to do more of what I've already done I love this place I have so much more room to grow and for me to do that I mean I really need to feel like I'm continuing my path like I need to be supported back because I really want to invest further in this place like everything has to come from all it takes for me to continue to do all this great work and more is this tiny thing. These are the things I've already accomplished here. These are all, this is all the value you've gotten out of me thus far. All I really want, you know, is to do more of that great stuff. That might sound like bullshit to you, but it's not bullshit. If you have done stuff that's good, that's a true story to tell. And in this situation, it's like, oh, I feel good about this person. I want this person to be here. They bring a lot to the table and they also like me and they're making me into a hero. So those are things that help somebody want to help you. They're going to do what they can if they feel good about you and what you've done thus far. Number six, embrace the silence. So there will probably be a moment when your boss sits just totally silent and stares at you after you say what you want and all the good reasons. And in that moment, that's like a power thing. It's like a manipulation thing to make you feel uncomfortable and like second guess yourself and undo everything you've said. Practice sitting comfortably. Don't fidget. Just be very hyper aware of what your body is doing. So that's why I want you to practice, in, practice this speech in front of a mirror because it, you have to allow that silence to happen with a smile on your face, comfortable, confident, making eye contact. Let it be. It just it will be there and it'll feel like it's three hours long, but they're doing that intentionally. Let the silence exist. Number seven, whatever you do, just say it. So, There, it's so hard. I mean, even if you practice a thousand hours, when you go in that room, it's so hard to actually make yourself say the things that you told yourself you wanted to say. So just saying it out loud is in itself a victory, no matter the outcome. I know it's really hard to get the words to come out of your mouth. It could be one of those moments when you feel like you want to change your mind, swallow them back up again and retreat and you know, maybe this is a bad idea, maybe this is the wrong time, but just promise yourself in that moment that you are going to stay what you came to stay. Say, stick to your script. Don't second guess it at the last minute because if you wrote it down and you practiced it, you meant it and it's well thought out. It's one of those things that happens like after you're out of the safety of your own home that you suddenly think everything you thought previously was wrong. And that's only the fear flooding your brain don't undo your script in that last moment, just squeeze it out of your diaphragm and say it out loud and let go. If you leave that room, be proud of yourself for saying it out loud and let go and I guarantee no matter what happens, if you say it, you will feel really good about yourself. You will feel powerful, you'll feel like you stood up for yourself, which you did, so it's really important for you to show up in that in that moment and came say what you came to say. So what to know about your boss, in general, they have experience in these conversations. A good boss who is smart will know how to manipulate you and your story so that they don't have to give you anything. So, You have to argue your case back and not allow yourself to be bullied into believing you are not valid in your ask. So when you do this, you still have to stay in the positive, but it's more about making it just irrefutable and obvious that what you're saying is right. And they'll have completely pre-canned responses up as to why they can't do this or they shouldn't be doing this or nobody else is getting these raises or whatever. And your job is to come back with a completely valid response. Like, well, I'm I hate to say this, but based on my industry and like what my value is outside of this place, I know that this is what I should be making based on the value I provide to you and come back with what they know is true they're going to try and manipulate you out of believing what you've asked is something you should be getting and they'll have you know five or six ready to go things they say so just be prepared have a rebuttal what to ask for. That is completely up to your industry. I have no idea. I have no idea what other people make. I have no idea what other industries pay, but I would just guess. This is what I would say to somebody, anybody I know. I would say on average 10 to 35 percent based on whatever your margins are. So like maybe it's long overdue, then you should ask for I would say like in yearly increments, five to 10% based on each year, it's overdue and state that as why. Um, On average, this is just my guess, 15% based on just my experience, my perspective. It's never good to ask for too much because it's going to feel like an insult. It's going to feel like you're so far off of their wavelength that they think of you as like a joke. There is a happy middle. So you want to be on the same page somewhat, but you want to be right above that. Just by a little bit. If you're in a really good place, this is long overdue and you're in good standing, you know you're valued, and maybe you've been strung along for a long time, ask for more and explain all the reasons why. And it really helps. If you really want to make a big leap, it really, really helps have other offers on the table that you can use for leverage. That's when people will usually meet you, is if you have another offer that's at the amount you want and if you don't want to take that other offer don't use it as (laughs) don't use it as an ultimatum but just explain it as a reason why you know you're worth this amount money is just a concept it's not your worth has nothing to do with you as a human it's just an object that can be negotiated and moved up and down and it I would not take it as something personal because it has the power to distract you and confuse you and make you feel shitty and it can draw your focus and away from what it should be on, which is doing more of what you want to do, being happy. It's not the end goal. Your life as you live it today and your level of happiness is the most important part of the equation. So don't let money Be the sole focus of your life. Don't let it rob you of your happiness. So when you ask for a raise, pick a number that will make you happy. And if you get it, be happy. I don't, I feel like there are certain situations when you find out, you know, other people are making more or it's not as much as somebody else tells you you should have gotten. And suddenly you don't care anymore and you feel like I didn't get what I wanted and I'm not doing as well as I thought. It's like, it can change in a blink and a, in a blink of an eye just what you designate as a good number or a sign of success so this isn't about you and what your worth is in the universe it's just a concept it's a shifting concept so if you get what you want celebrate feel good about that and focus on making the rest of your life gr- your life great don't let It Take happiness away from you. Just make that commitment to yourself ahead of time. At the end of the day, I'm still going to have my health, my life, myself outside of this place. This is just, think of it almost like a game. Like this is something I want to try and win at. But it's not going to make or break my sense of happiness in my life. Has nothing to do with where you're headed and what you can do and what you're capable of. It's just one individual experiment. So when you walk up to that meeting, do the Wonder Woman. Talked about this before, but it's basically from that TED Talk, um, Amy Cuddy's TED Talk, but it's standing like Wonder Woman, your hands on your hips, uh, feet spread apart. It's just something w- that will promote more confidence chemicals in your body. It's a real thing, swear to God. So do it for two minutes and practice slow, even breathing. And that'll just give you a little extra boost right before you walk through that door. Part three, how to interview. One thing I will tell you that might sound defeatist, but actually a positive, is the job chooses you. It should feel like a natural fit. It should be easy. It shouldn't be like a struggle. It should feel exciting and positive and like, Almost like you're meeting your soulmate in a weird way. So if it doesn't feel easy, if it feels like you're swimming upstream and that they don't see you or that it's not obvious to them that they want you, then maybe it's just not a good fit yet. And it doesn't mean you won't get there one day if you want to. It just means you've got to make another lap before you come back to this spot. If you want something, commit to it. Keep your eye on the prize and figure out ways you can support that dream in other areas. Like you want to work out other muscles that will contribute to that place. What else can you do in the periphery of that job that might enhance the self that would be perfect for it? Like I remember at a certain point in my life, I wanted so badly to be at a different place and I hated the place I was at. I was so unhappy and I was like, why is this so hard? And I was trying... Other, I was trying to interview at other places and I was like just brick wall after brick wall and I was so frustrated and it was partly because I wasn't seeing something that I had to learn. So if there's a reason you're not getting the job you want, there's a a strong likelihood there's some other tool or there's some other muscle that you need to pick up and exercise before you can get to that place. The other possible Factor at play is that you are blinding yourself intentionally to a truth that exists. For example, if there's something in you that is driving you to go toward this job for the wrong reason, like I need that job because it'll mean that I am successful. If I need that job, because it'll mean that my parents think I'm I'm good. It's the thing that I'm supposed to have. I should have that. Everybody else I grew up with has that. Those are all the wrong reasons. So it'll feel like it's a lot harder because it's not natural to you. So if you're ignoring something that is natural to you and it's some part of you that resists it, like, no, I don't want to do that. That's not what I, I want. There's a, that might be what's blocking you from getting to the next level. There's a job that's meant for you that's got the things you want but it's also got the things that you're really good at. And sometimes I believe the universe is like a giant clock and there are lots and lots of round gears and sometimes the giant gear is turning on another scale and it takes a long time to get to you. So all I would say is when you go an interview, don't give up on the thing you want. Just keep trying like... Like you're trying to find a beam in a wall. (laughs) It's probably a bad metaphor because you're going to put holes in the wall. But if you're trying to find a beam in a wall that's going to stick, you've got to keep hammering away. You've got to keep making new holes until you find that beam. Because sometimes it just takes like feeling around a little bit in the dark. It'll eventually become clear. It just might take a while. So don't give up. I mean, don't give up like five years. Don't give up. And longer than that, actually, because at the end of the day, this is your lifetime. Your path is altered forever. And it, all it takes is the one job, the first job in the industry you want to be in. And then your path is already set. Then you meet all the people you will work with forever more, and you'll find the next. You'll have the first thing on your resume that'll get you to the next lily pad. So stay the course. If you want something, keep going toward it. And if you are losing steam and you don't really like it anymore, like that's one thing, you just don't want to do it anymore. Then I think you need to step back and say like, well, what do I, what makes me happy? What does reward me? What is something I want to do? I think also I'm getting on a tangent. I was going to go through a bunch of other stuff, but I'm going to finish this hot. But also say when you are doing something because you want that thing, just because it will mean something about your value to you, that is when you lose stamina and you also feel an incredible amount of depression. That's not what you want to do, is place that burden on your shoulders. Like, I think all of this should be like a fun game and an experiment and let go of the outcome. And if you look at things that way, they're not allowed to crush you. They're not allowed to level you as a person. They're not allowed to tell you you're not worth anything. When you allow something like a job title or status, or money, to dictate to you what your value is, that's when you grow very unhappy and you feel like a worthless piece of shit. Because you're the one that has told yourself, I need this thing to feel of worth. That job, no matter what it is, is not allowed to designate any kind of value to your person, period. So you need to work on training yourself to not put so much pressure on this thing in that way. It's not helping you get it either. It's also taking your enjoyment out of the actual thing itself. Like if you like your job because you get to work with people and you're making it about, I need this thing because that'll mean I'm successful. You've taken all of the point of it out of it. You've taken it away from the good part, which is working with people. So never lose sight of why something is a good thing in your life. Never lose sight of why you're doing it. Keep it in that box. Don't allow it to sour the rest of you. And as soon as you do that, it comes out of you as confidence. It just looks like a very stable, confident, self-loving person. If you see somebody that doesn't think, take things so personally or seriously, including, you know, if they don't get a promotion, then you're like, wow, that person's pretty pretty cool. Like, you can feel it in them. Like, nah, what are you going to do? I don't agree with that person, but, you know, I did my best. I can let it go now. I digress. Uh, I was going to go into one more thing before I go into the tips for interviewing. Um, basically, when you choose a job or a company, and if you're like ch- trying to decide between a bunch of different places, I believe in looking for people, look for thinkers, look for the leaders, look for individuals and not companies. So it's about finding people that are in charge that will add to your value as a thinker. Like you want to be around people that inspire you, you want to be around people that are smarter than you. You want to have a leader that you can shadow and learn from. That is the most valuable part of a company. I believe that is the most important factor in a place is the people you're going to be learning from. And it's more important than money, a lot more important than money. So if you're going to take a pay cut but you're going to be working under somebody that is brilliant, that is a great job it's what will allow you to thrive most grow the most quickly and then you will take that with you you will have so much more value moving forward from that place you will have it's almost like getting a new power pack muscle like stuck onto your body that you wouldn't have gotten from any other place um it's also what will allow you to grow the most as a just a worker It'll be a much more rewarding job if you're working with people who are intelligent and can see your value. If the person interviewing you is a douchebag, maybe don't force yourself to take that job just because it pays well. So, this is, I want you to think about jobs in terms of holistic value to you and your life. You don't want to cause yourself to suffer. I believe a year matters. And if you are going to be suffering for a year, at a job you hate, that is a year of your life that is gone. And I think that's worth a lot more than $10,000 in a year. This is your happiness. This is your well-being. And your life isn't that long. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to be belittled. It's not worth it. It also takes a toll on your um, understanding of yourself. You change your worldview based on your environment. So if the person running it is an idiot and you don't respect them, probably not the best place to go the old saying is true which is the carp rots from the head down so the culture of a place will be completely altered by a bad boss just because a place is small or it's young it doesn't mean it's not going to grow quickly follow the individual look at where they are in their life where they have been in the past what they have done in their career are they a good person can you tell that they're kind? Can you tell that they're honest? Can you tell that they have big plans for that company? Are they in a good place in their life where they're not going to just retire while they're there? Um, then think about all of those things when you are going to take a job because that allows you to its like fertile ground. righty, I have now, an hour later, I have a couple of tips on how to interview. These are just the things I do. Number one, and some of them might feel obvious, apologies. Number one, be a happy, comfortable person. Even if your life is in shambles and uh, you've been crying all night and your eyes are swollen shut, you must present a balanced and ready to get started at this awesome company, happy person. And I know that can feel like you're lying, but it doesn't matter doesn't matter. They don't want to know if your life is shitty. They don't want to feel like you're asking them to care about things that are bad for you. You have to look like you can handle anything. And including if you have been through the ringer, just show up with a positive disposition. Be in a good mood. Be energetic. Make eye contact. Shake firmly. Sit straight up. Watch yourself and your body that you are acting comfortable and not slouching. Um, I feel like it's really important to show up like you are fresh as a daisy. And it's really helpful to watch how you are when you talk to other people. So it's like you don't realize how much you fidget until you're on television. And then you're like, oh my god, I'm like looking in weird places. Like my mouth makes a weird shape when I talk. So like if you can, ask a friend to set up a camera and have a conversation with you. Just so you can study yourself and how you respond to questions like be a stranger taking you in for the first time and and actually alter your own body language to reflect what you want to portray. For example, I have a specific kind of tone that to some people sounds like I am being um, I'm mocking them like I I'm very direct and I'm also sarcastic. But some people take that as me belittling them and I have to like, just because I know that I have to not do it around certain people because it's usually men for some reason. Like, um, but there are certain tones that I think you don't realize they are heard by other people in a certain way. So it's up to you to be overly conscious of that and portray like a completely confident, happy, healthy, energized, uh, person that's, that would be a great addition to this company. I also like to, um, practice complete, completely consistent eye contact and physically remaining calm, which is really hard to do. (laughs) There's certain people that like do power things where they keep complete eye contact and like it can be a little bit intense, but practice doing that without flinching. Just, no one should be able to read your mind. You want to be almost presidential in that way. Number two, craft your story to their needs. Craft your story to the story that will fit this place also. Just think of each interview like it's a date with a celebrity and they want to know why you like them and want to be with them and what your favorite movies of theirs are. And you, you want to craft the reason you're applying there based on what you know they want to create at that company. They don't want to know anything other than what you bring to the table for their job opening. So the enthusiasm is an important element, but make sure you're tinting your story to be all around things that will help their job description. So for example, like just basically don't be completely honest and to like, you don't want to make them have to work too hard about figuring out what the things you're saying mean for them. Like, um, if you go there and say like, what I really want to do is direct and they're like, you know, a tax accountant, they're going to be like, why are you telling me that? Like, why are you here? That is like a turnoff to them because it's like, you're telling me you don't really want this job. Like you want to say everything that supports why you are what you're bringing to that actual description for example I was writing to literary agents to find an agent to represent me and I had to spend hours researching each person and the things things about them as a person and their career which took like a week per person so I want you to do this with your interviewees interview interviewers sorry so know something about them Personally, know something about their achievements in their life, their hobbies, where else they've worked, know as much about them as possible. You don't have to necessarily say it. But if you need to pull out something that you also do, like for example, I golf. I said something about golf uh to somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they were like, huh? Like that's that's like the stuff you want to have ready to go. Um and I know it takes a lot of time, especially if you're going on a lot of interviews, but it's worth it. It's, there's nothing worse than somebody coming in for an interview and they know nothing about you. They know nothing about the company and they know nothing about uh, the other work that you've done. It's like almost an insult and it's almost like a disappointment. So do your homework and craft yourself according to that description. Number three, remove all worry and dust. From the equation. Like think of yourself like a wall of trophies, and you're collecting new bling so that others can read who you are from a distance without having to interpret. You don't want them to have to think. You don't have you don't want them to have to figure out anything about you or question anything about you. You want to be as low risk as possible for somebody to entrust with responsibility and money. You want to look like a sure bet and an easy yes. So that means Shop for the right buzzwords on your resume and remove all of the ones that don't say what you want them to. Also, don't say anything that would add any questions to this equation. For example, if you hated your last job and you quit and they ask you about your last job, you want to change that story to be a different type of uh, definition. So for example, you would say you know, I was ready for a change and I just needed, to, I'd been there for so long. They have great people, but it was just, it was that time, you know, and I had to keep growing because that story says like, all right, great employee. Whereas if you said you hated that job and you quit because it was dumb, that would say you are, you have an attitude problem and you might do that there. I will also say if you don't have work experience in the particular job you are interviewing for. That's not a make or break. If you have similar experience in another but related field, or you've done a similar job, that's just as valuable, but it's your responsibility to craft your story and explain it to them in a way that makes that obvious. So you have to kind of imbue your resume and your presence, the way you handle yourself when you talk about your responsibilities with that previous job, they all have to ladder up to their job description. You want to em- emphasize all of the things that are the same. If it's, um, and if this job you're looking into is very important to you to leap into, I know like sometimes industries can be so similar, but the actual title will mean that you're not able to enter in at the, the same level you're at. I would say consider starting at the bottom just so you can get into the field in the first place because if you're qualified if you're overqualified you will advance very quickly it just means you want to get that work experience you want to get you want to start somewhere so maybe it has to be unpaid for the first year maybe that's totally worth it if it means you get to do the job of your dreams from now on think long term think about your path Holistically, as an individual, and go for the job you want to do because then it's just time. You're just traversing time and it goes by so quickly. You want to get the dream job, you don't want to sacrifice, especially at the beginning. I I got sidetracked again, but make the right story that tells that person they don't have to worry about you. You are totally ready for the job that they are hiring for. Number four. Prepare, prepare, prepare until you vomit. <laughs> There's no such thing as being too prepared. The more you prep, the more comfortable you'll be, the more natural you'll be, the, more, the less fear will be fucking with your head. Before you go into the interview, have your script ready, including all of the information that you need to declare, like your asking price. Don't waver from that. And if you've spent a lot, a lot of time deciding it, don't not say it even if they say this is what the price is um ask before you say anything say like is that negotiable and they might say no and then um you can take some time to think about things i recommend as often as possible saying you need to get back to somebody and if they like you they're going to wait if they're not if they're not that into you then maybe they won't and maybe that's not the job you want you want somebody that's excited to have you Come on board. Um, and then before you go on that interview, in between conversations with this person, do the Wonder Woman, meaning if you go to the restroom, do the Wonder Woman in the stall. Why? Because your confidence is a big factor and it'll help you think more rationally when you're freaking out. So don't waver. Have all of the answers that you know are going to come up ready. And just remember you are qualified for the job and no matter who you are you are you would be a great hire for a company you just have to know that yourself don't allow somebody else to intimidate you out of your understanding of your own worth and don't let the fear guide your actions come from the empowered position use all of the rehearsals and stick to that script. Even if you're not even in your body. Even if it's your body just saying the things you told yourself to say. I've been that way before. Where you're like I have to. I am sorry but I have to ask for this. I can't do anything. Like you're like barely squeezing out the audio out of your body. But you're like I'm so freaked out right now. It's fine. It doesn't read as obviously to another person as it does in your mind. Remember that. You can't see yourself from another person's shoes. They can't read you as well as you think they can you just have to stick to your script number five follow up this is a huge one after the interview follow up within the week I would recommend within the first three days I always like getting a card from somebody like a thank you card but um I like to get very inventive with my thank yous for example one year I made t-shirts for everybody I interviewed with like custom silk screen t-shirts which is kind of over the top. But like people got really excited about receiving them. So now nowadays with the interwebs, I think emails are good. They're fine. But keep them short. Keep them very like I would say under two sentences short. There's nothing more annoying than like taking a lot of time to interview somebody and then getting like a six paragraph email like, so do you think that like I'm like, you can't ask stuff from me. I'm not. You're not allowed to ask favors. Like That's what it feels like on the receiving end. You're asking somebody to do work for you versus just being like, hey, just wanted to say thanks. So keep them short, clever, sincere, and as professional and on their level as possible. So don't do any self-deprecating things. Keep it like, hey, professional to professional. Just wanted to say thank you for having that professional experience. Exchange with me. Like, you want to come off as like, you've got shit happening, things in your life are great. um, And your job is just to convey that you are really interested and excited about that job. If you do get to the next level, ask for what would make you happy plus a tiny bit more. Express your excitement for the job and your eagerness to thrive there. And they will, if they can't meet your needs, that's when you can tell them you want to have a different date to negotiate that again. Make sure it's something that's up front in like, I don't know if you have a contract or just make sure it's something that you can talk about in, let's say, six months from now. If you don't get the job, thank them for their time and for consideration, for them considering you. And if you liked this company, if you like this person, continue to build that relationship. Follow up just not immediately, but in a month two months from now, three months from now, every six months or something. Follow up with helpful items that you think would be interesting to them or compliments. Those are really, really effective. Like you want to build a relationship with that person from a non-selfish place and you want to give them just casual updates. Again, keep them super short. Ask very little of them, but give them little casual updates on what you're doing that's Great and cool and related to their needs as a company, so like you know, I'll, if for example, if you send an email, it's like, hey, I just wanted to say I saw that thing you did. That's really great. Um, and then they might write back with a thank you. That's all they have to do. And then you're just keep building those tiny little exchanges, and you want to build as many positive connections to people. Even if you don't get a job with them, you might get a call from them. In several years from now, when they're at a new company, that's how connections are made. It sounds really trivial, but it's true. Be nice to people as though you're making friends with them and continue to keep that connection alive so that they remember your name. I also recommend having like r- some random and significant detail about yourself that's kind of non sequitur because that's a way that somebody will remember you related to... um funny story you know like for example I am a stunt driver so that's on my resume because it's one of those like are you kidding me you are a stunt driver like what like that's such a random thing it's not that I like want to quit podcasting and do stunt driving although that would be really fun it's a good story to tell something that people will remember in closing, well, before I go into in closing, I want to thank you to my latest sponsors, Alessandra. Holy crap! I you're amazing. You chose the highest highest donation level on my website, and I love you. And I sent your I forwarded your donation to my husband, and we cheers to you, which was really exciting. Jennifer, your yearly sponsorship, you're awesome. Darlene and Curtis and Thomas, all my website. You're so sweet. Awesome. I Love you, people. And Stefan, my friend on Patreon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're... I love you, man. And um, you are all my heroes. I'm humbled. I'm also moved that this means a lot in your life. The reason I write for you. So if you... If anybody out there has a friend would use this, please send it their way. It always helps me if you share my work um, or if you want to review it, that helps too. In closing, in closing, in closing, in closing, <clears throat> your value exceeds the job you get or the amount you earn. You are always worth more than money because you are you and because you are a well-rounded human. That just brings so much more to the table than just that particular job skill. So always invest in that value first. Just you as a holistic human being. Have good ethics. Be kind. Be committed to quality, honesty, and put your focus in what you know is most important. Always. Like, never forget you're a human and you have a life and... So much more that you're bringing to everything you do than just the individual tasks you have to do. So don't shortchange yourself in how you show up for others and for yourself because whether or not you can see it, it affects you beyond what shows on the outside. You tell you who you are and your value by how authentically and uh, 100% you show up, period, in everything you do. So you will know it. no matter what shows to other people, you tell you your own worth by how much you invest in the quality of what you do with your your life. So just think in those terms. Who do I decide to be as an individual? Like, what does me? What does the company of me do? How does the company of me handle this task, no matter what it is? And invest wholeheartedly. Because that is what will grow kind of the most sure-footed, powerful, successful, thriving version of yourself. Send you my love and know that I believe you are capable and perfect for anything you choose to do with all of your heart. If one job is not in the cards, just find a new pathway, a side entry, or a parallel avenue that rewards that same part of yourself. Don't discount the desire to do it at all. Don't tell yourself that you can't do it or it's a sign that you shouldn't do it. If you're doing something because you want other people to know you're doing that thing, it's not the right reason. If you're doing it because it feels awesome or it rewards your soul, then do it anyway. Follow your inclinations. Listen to what fits or what flows or what feels easy. And don't listen to anybody who tells you that you shouldn't do something. They're saying that for their own fucked up reasons. They usually have baggage, insecurity, and fear, or they're just deeply unhappy. That's not their call to make. This life comes down to you and what you decide you want to do with this part of it. And you only get one use it well. No one else can make the call but you. And at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. Life goes on. Be in the habit of going for it, trying new things, putting yourself out there. And don't take it too hard if things don't work out the way you want them to. Because each time that happens, you just grew a new muscle, a new kind of strength, and you had a new experience, which in the long term of your life is worth so much more. You just grew value in the asset that is you as a person. With that, I hope you get your job that you want. I hope you get the raise you want. And I believe you can. And I believe you are worth it. Have confidence, have faith, and smile.